If you're interested in partnering with Magical Storybook English Nanny Bedtime Stories or wanting to know more about sponsorship opportunities, then visit our website www.magical-storybook.com. You can also download free read-along books to accompany our fairy tales. Our Magical Storybook podcast, Mere and the Curse of Camelot, is now an exciting new novel, available to download on Amazon or buy as a printed book. Follow the link in the podcast details. Welcome to Magical Storybook, a collection of children's stories from around the world. Mia and the Curse of Camelot Chapter 2 The Tiled Room Deep down in the dungeon our ancestors dwell in a dark tiled hall where in battle they fell. The castle stood high on a mound of earth and as Stickney Piggott and Mia flew lower They cast a tree-shaped shadow across it, first over its dramatic dark towers and then along its thick stone walls. A few moments later, they landed on the lawn, not too far from the gatehouse, and Stickney lowered one of his branches to the floor so that Mia could climb down. She looked up at the castle that towered over them. It looked much bigger from the ground and it made her feel quite nervous. She looked around to see if anyone was watching, but there was no one. It was silent. In fact, it was eerily silent. Something didn't feel right. A sudden rustling noise from behind distracted her. She turned to see Stickney shaking his leaves violently as he picked off the scorched ones with the finger-like ends of his branches. He was muttering something about mountain dragons having no manners at all. Where, where are we? asked Mia. Come a lot, of course, said the tree grumpily. This is where you asked to come, wasn't it? Where there were knights and dragons. For a moment, Mia's nerves were replaced by excitement at the thought of meeting King Arthur's knights, the wizard Merlin, and maybe even Samorian. She ran around the castle in the hope of finding all of the characters from her book. But the castle seemed to have been long abandoned. The drawbridge was pulled up and the moat was dried and overgrown with weeds. She walked up to the portcullis, but that was locked, sealing the entrance. Mia wondered what to do next. If she wanted to go in any direction other than east, she would have to go through a dense and haunted-looking forest. And even if she did go east, it would mean navigating her way through a steep, jagged mountain range. Neither way looked particularly inviting. She was making her way back to Stickney when she saw him stomping off towards the forest. Where are you going? she cried, running after him. Mia heard the tree mutter a few muffled words. Look at my leaves. It's always the same with mountain dragons followed by something that she couldn't make out. For a big old oak tree, Stickney could certainly move quickly. Mia struggled to keep up with him. He disappeared among the trees, and it was some time before she caught sight of him again. 
he was clearing a few thistles out of the way with his feet, and then Mia saw him shuffle his bottom into the soil. With a low rumbling sound, Stickney pushed his roots into the earth and became still. Mia rushed over to him. Wake up, she shouted, knocking on his bark, but there was no response. Stickney Piggott was now just an ordinary, non-magical oak tree. There he sat in silence, leaving Mia alone and very scared. Now oak trees are very good at picking up warnings, and if Stickney hadn't been sulking, he might have noticed the shadowy figure that was standing by the castle. And he might have been able to warn Mia to run. As she turned around, the ghostly black shape startled her. There it stood, motionless in the distance, staring straight at her. Mia's heart stood still as the dark mass rose up and hovered above the ground. Then it began to spin, slowly at first, and then faster and faster, catapulting swirling balls of black mist into the air, before each magically transformed into a shrieking black crow. Mia ran, but the crows were flying towards her, getting closer with every step she took. She dived into the long weeds of the waterless moat and managed to scramble into a large fox burrow seconds before the crows caught up with her. They circled the moat three times before eventually giving up and flying off over the mountains. With her heart still pounding, Mia turned and looked into the darkness of the burrow. She was surprised to see that it was in fact a long sandstone tunnel. It was too dark to see all the way down, and if Mia hadn't got a torch in her bag, she may have decided not to go down it at all. But fortunately, she had. She'd carried one for the last year, ever since her scout leader had said, you never know when you might need one. It turned out that he was right, although she guessed that he hadn't foreseen her running down a tunnel to escape a flock of malevolent crows when he'd said it. She switched it on and made her way down the tunnel. It led her underneath the castle and she eventually found herself in a room filled with food and barrels of wine. The tunnel continued on the other side of the room and Mia hoped that it would lead her to the kitchens where she would find help. She walked on for a few more minutes, but there were no kitchens. The air was becoming damper and more rancid, and Mia clutched the torch tightly, suspecting that she was heading towards the castle dungeons. But when she finally reached the end of the tunnel, she found that she wasn't in the dungeons, but instead in a large hall with a tiled floor. She raised her torchlight and saw that it was filled with sandstone pillars, statues and tombs. A burial chamber, Mia said in a loud panic. The statues were the strangest that she'd ever seen. There were kings, queens, dragons, wizards, gnomes and knights, and each one had been carved to look as if they were on a battlefield. Some were running away with their arms shielding their faces while dragons suspended in various positions of attack stood next to them. 
There was a knight pulling on the reins of a rearing horse with one hand while swinging a mace above his head with the other. He had been positioned to look like he was attacking a cowering king. Mia examined each of the lifeless stone faces. She was fascinated by how real they looked. There must have been at least a hundred statues hidden away down there. She found a statue of a man in long robes and a tall pointed hat. He had a carved wavy beard that came down to his knees. Mia was certain that he was a wizard. His staff was raised above his head and his mouth was open as if he was chanting a spell. She looked to see if any names were carved on the tombs to show who they were. But there were none. She spent some time studying them, mainly to keep her thoughts focused away from what may or may not have been hiding in the darkness. Sticking out from one of the tombs, and barely visible, was a heavy wooden door that had a barred window halfway up. Mia shone her light through the window and saw that there was a corridor on the other side. Unfortunately, the torchlight wasn't powerful enough to reveal where it led. She tugged at the metal handle, the door was locked. Turning back to face the statues, Mia froze. As much as she tried to convince herself that it was just the shadows playing tricks on her, she could see that the statues were moving. Suddenly, the sound of a hundred ghostly whispers filled the room. 